0: Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to a continued special series of the Wolf Whistle podcast where we speak to journalists connected with the club and get their pre and best 11. Today we're joined by Ryan Lester, former BBC Kickoff reporter, current Birmingham Live contributor and occasional pundit for Five Live and BBC WM. He's also host of the popular Wolves Report podcast of which I'm a a listener and a viewer. Um, So Ryan, well Ryan Lester, welcome to the Wolf Whistle. How you doing mate?
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm great, thank you. Although it's a little bit warm tonight, isn't it?
0: I've got to be honest with you, uh, Ryan. I'm sweating like Jeff G on transfer deadline day. Well, you wouldn't
1: want to see what I'm wearing because I'm, I'm only glad it's audio and not a live feed. So oh. we are both we're, We both know where we're
0: at tonight, Jason. That's it. Do you know what? I do so many of these podcasts and I'm always getting the old, oh, I haven't done my hair. Ever. I say, listen, it's all done by audio. There's no camera. And I've told you, listen, my setup, it's an iPad and it's got, you know, you on WhatsApp. So it's very antiquated, but you're quite right, mate, because uh, I'll tell you what, it's been an absolute scorcher today and everybody's putting pictures Obviously, if the car dashboard on everybody, <laughs> i I can't take any more. Yeah, we've got another day of this though, but we, we can't moan
1: too much because we moan, we would never get a summer. Now we're getting a proper summer, so let's make the most of it.
0: That's it's going to be raining Wednesday as well, probably. But <laughs> but talking about rain, obviously you're a Wolves fan for as long as I am. What was your first game as a fan, then, Ryan?
1: Yes, yeah, so um, on both sides of my family, they uh, are of Wolverhampton origins, uh, yes. going back as far as my great-grandad, as far as we can sort of track history. Um, so I went with my dad on my first game back in October 1990. It was a uh, home game at uh, Molyneux where Wolves Bristol City 4-0, and Steve Ball got a hat-trick. Now, if that happens on your first game, Actually, kind of hooked Ben. So yeah, I've been uh, I've been addicted. With I've had a healthy and so maybe my wife would say an unhealthy addiction to Wolverhampton Wanderers since then. But I wouldn't change a thing.
0: Well, I remember that game very well um, for two reasons. One, obviously, Bully got his hat trick, and on my first game in 1989, Bully got his hat trick and we beat Bristol City three now.
1: Love playing Bristol City. Oh,
0: but that particular game, I remember there was quite a lot of incidents, and I think the ball went through the keeper's legs on one of the goals, didn't it?
1: Is, is this for the, for the, 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 my first game I've got I've got to be honest I hardly I don't think I've ever seen the goals yeah. back in that game I think on some of his, his greatest goals as a Thunderbolt and I think Tomo might have got a penalty at the start oh, oh, the, uh, oh. the memory is really vague Well, what I do remember we was it's quite funny well annoying and funny we missed the first goals because Dad hadn't been for a few years we're walking down um Waterloo Road yes, and then there was a great big roar and I've never because I've never been I was like what? I, I was a little boy of 10 I was like what is that noise um, then we went into the ground and obviously then Steve Ball got his three so I didn't miss any of Bully's goals oh. but to be really honest I don't remember any of the goals I just remember soaking up the atmosphere and, th- atmosphere yes. and thinking this is definitely a bit of me
0: yeah well definitely yeah it, th- that game yeah um I believe it was Ronnie I mean don't ask me how I can remember this, but I remember it was a game full of incidents and it was Ronnie Sinclair in goal and Bully one from outside the box and he almost miss hit it. And uh, it was straight at Ronnie Sinclair and he, he caught it and then it went un- underneath him, right through his legs, into the back of the net. But hey, listen, they all count, Ryan. But, um, Absolutely. Every goal's a good goal, Jason. Oh, it certainly is. So we spoke about your first game as a fan. What was your first game covering the BBC? Because I believe that was quite eventful too.
1: Yeah, it was a really strange incident because I've been connected with WM before that on and off, doing a little bit of punditry here and there, and, some, and they did some of the, the local shows. Um, so I was going to Sunderland with my mate Tyler. We were going to go up in the away end. Um, it was under Mick McCarthy. We were, we were trying to stay in the Premier League, and I was going to do, in a, bit, do in a little bit of interviewing with the fans outside the ground, yeah. and then I got a call from um, uh, Mark Regan, who was the head of sport for BBC WM then. And he said, Ryan, where are you? And I was like, oh, I'm just, just on my way up. I'm about half an hour away. He's like, a change of plan today. Um, Franks, he's fell over in the bath and cut his head open. He's in hospital. <laughs> I need you to do co-commentary. And I was like, um, yeah, yeah that, that's great. Obviously, This is BBC WM's big live game yeah, yeah, in the Premier yeah. League. I mean, not, I haven't even as much interviewed anybody at that point. I'm straight into co-coms. And that was kind of my, my, my lucky break in terms of the bits of Excellent. journalism that I do. Um, and I've got to be honest, that's my, I, I love... I me, mean, I don't know if other people have listened to it, but I absolutely love talking tactics, yes. discussing goals, what people should have done, subs, changing things up. Um, so yeah, it was we weren't three one. Um, so it was it was it was a great punditry debut for me. So um Frankie's misfortune and a few stitches in his head turned out to be my fortune. And, and, and when I see Frankie now, we still laugh about that. So yeah, it was a lucky break for me.
0: Oh, brilliant! And I suppose. You know, like like a player making his debut for yourself. I bet you was really nervous, wasn't you? But, but, but... It was, I,
1: I phoned my mum and dad. I was up in the car and I was like, Dad, you're not going to believe this. He said, what have you done now? And I was like, no, this is good news this time, Dad. I haven't done anything. So, and I told him, he's like, just be yourself. Take yeah. a breath. And then it was quite quite funny. I mean, because like, I was getting texts during the game. I could see my phone buzzing. They're like, mate, is that you on WM? What are you doing on the radio? And it was, but I was... I've got to be honest, I was quite nervous. Um, I was talking quite quickly. But then you sort of get into it, and, and Rigo said to me, just pretend you're having a chat. We're discussing yes. again. Tell me what happened. And, and then it went on from there. So, well, I got some work after that, so it couldn't have been that bad.
0: Oh, see, that's the journalist stream. It's a bit like when, you know, there's a pilot on board a plane, the plane's about to crash, is there a pilot on board. <laughs> oh, it's that bad. <laughs> he, go, he, he goes to the front and he saves the day. It's just like that, right? No, that must have been unbelievable for you. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it was, well, it was... It, I remember um, the goals going in, and it was really bizarre being... I've obviously I've, I've done a little bit of corporate and stuff like that, and you can kind of sort of semi-celebrate the goal. Yes. But if you're in the press box with your earphones on and you've got your, your BBC microphone, you've got to be a bit more bit more respectful but yes. um, it was um, it, it was it was fantastic 1-3 one, one that day and it, it felt really really good and it was obviously a, a good boost and a, a sort of a career kickstart for that sort of bit of um, casual punditry I did
0: excellent and was you impartial I was just the consummate th- professional you I'm are try- i'm trying to
1: i'm trying to be diplomatic no I, yeah. I, I think i mean people will often say maybe if you you said it yourself i'm quite harsh on wolves yes but uh, equally, yes. yes. when it's time when, t- when, t- when it's time to love them i will love them so yeah. i think i like to be be balanced it, um, i am t- i do try to be positive and i was positive that day obviously we won 3-1 but uh, i just do think it's when, when they're being poor, I think it's important that you say they're poor as well as yeah. giving the credit when it's good. So that's what I try to do and that's what I try, try to do now too. and maybe to some people's annoyance.
0: Well, actually, <laughs> you, you, you do, run. You don't annoy me by any stretch because I, I, I love what you write. You know, like I said, I watch the Walls report. That's very interesting too and I think, Listen, I am a bit of a happy clapper and I'll make no apologies for it, but I think it's important sometimes to criticise them. Yes, you can get a massive backlash on social media and you can spend then half your night round with people. But, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with being critical and objective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's about finding the balance. And I think, well, when... Bruno got his Manager of the Month awards and Wolves were playing a bit more attacking football. He was getting all the praise. But equally then, as the season went on at the end, it faded out a little bit. Yes, he had some injury issues and we lost to Dahmer and it, it wasn't great. But some of his tactical, particularly substitution selections in games, deserve to be questioned. So, yeah, I, I just think it's about balancing the books. So, yes. if, if you're happy to criticise them, you should be praising them when they're good as well. So, I just think about am trying to be balanced
0: in the end. Yeah, 100%. And the Wolves report, I mean, like I said... Really good watch. How um, how's how's that going, Ryan? And uh, you know what was the energy behind starting it?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's going really well. We, we, last season was our real f- first year at it. We've got this, we have. Um, a good, a good sort of relationship uh, with WM. We have um, Daz comes on. Yeah, Daz. Um, we've had Mike Taylor on. Yeah. Um, we've had Steve Herman on, and we kind of sort of rotate them around to get a fresh voice on. I'm on with myself, Mark Knock, and and Chris they There, yes. two of the regular pundits on there. Um, it was a really good opening season, and I, again, the, the the energy for it was I just, as you could probably tell, I, I just love talking about wolves. Yes. So if if I'm going to do spend my time on. On calls and video calls and WhatsApp and those particular lads who to watch, watch a lot of football with like, yeah. well why don't we start a podcast and somebody might want to listen to us we might not but the, the numbers have grown the popularity has grown we've got some lots of loyal people that watch and listen and we get a lot of nice feedback so Excellent. not always nice feedback but yeah I just for, for, for me and most of all I'll probably always be a fan because I just I just love Wolverhampton Wondrous yes. I like yourself so and if I can do something that uh I mean, Noki says this as well from the podcast in particular. He always says that it's a release for him like if you've got an opportunity to talk for an hour yes. get it off your chest. You can be joyful talking about the win but equally you can let that pain out of a frustrating defeat. Yeah. And we did that quite a lot at the end of last season. Awesome. Please off. please give us a win because the podcast is so much harder when we've lost because people don't want don't particularly would imagine want to listen or watch as much on a Monday or Tuesday Ash we've just been slapped four one or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. But it but it is what it is. But again, it's going back to what I said earlier on positive and the negatives. You, you can't just talk about all the good games. You've no. got to talk about the try and dig out some positives from somewhere after a poor performance as well. But um, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it and I'm glad you brought it up. So thanks for the plug on that. I it's something hopefully we can we can grow into next season and and maybe uh, talk. Hopefully about a couple more signings as well, um, but yet to be seen.
0: Brilliant. Well, listen, to all the listeners listening, uh, all three of you, uh, um, <laughs> joking, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there's four tonight. But on a serious note, please tune in to the Wolves Report. Very informative. Um, Ryan has great guests on. And, uh, yeah, tune in because it's a uh, much wa- uh, must-watch and a must-listen. So um, Much appreciated, Jason. Hey, no problem at all. So we've got Ryan on. This evening for his best 11, uh, pre-fos and best 11. I always say that because, like I said, there's no fun in picking a best 11 and it having Matinho and Nevers in midfield, Raul Jimenez up front with Bully, blah de blah. But, um so, what formation have you gone for, Ryan? Um I mean, you did send it through and I was trying to work it out because, listen, I think this would put Bruno Large to shame.
1: <laughs> well, for, for somebody. That, that shouts so much about four at the back. My sister's got wing backs. <laughs> 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 But B&A. it was
0: the only way I
1: could fit, It was the only way I was trying to build strong from the back. It was the only way I could get three centre backs in. So it's yeah. it's wing backs, but it's with two. It's with two strikers and a number ten in behind. So it's not three across the front like we saw with under under the more under the Nuno days. This is a um, a three four one two with a uh, hopefully you'll see a creative number ten and two brutal finishers. Well,
0: this is what we want to see. So. Um, so, if any of the listeners uh, next time you're on Twitter and Ryan is screaming about a back four, just remind him. <laughs> just remind him of this. This team he's picked. So, who is going to be your goalkeeper, Ryan? I
1: mean, for me, I think there could only be one, um, uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's not Highlander. It's uh, it, it's it's Matt Murray, and yeah. the, the reason for that is just I, I don't recall. I mean, we, we I mean Mickey Stoll, obviously the most appearances for, for goalkeeper for yes. Wolves. Carla um, Karl was obviously before he's terribly honest, was yes. was a great keeper. Wayne Hennessy, home, there were some really good keepers, but I, I don't recall a keeper in that era of Matt Murray that would come out and dominate his box. Every yeah. single cross, his corners, absolutely. And that throw-out, counter-attacking left or right, yes, was he the greatest off the floor? probably not but he more than made up I, I'm happy for a keeper not to be great on the ground if he can come out and catch every single cross I mean the guy's an absolute man-mountain yeah. dominant, strong and it, it just so desperately unlucky with his injuries for me I'm absolutely no doubt in my mind that that guy would have gone and played for England and, and Matt probably knows that as well who hasn't been for, for, for his injuries but yeah it's just such a shame but also such a privilege to see him I mean mainly we'll talk about people talk about Sheffield United in the playoffs but for me that performance away at the Majewski at Reading oh, yeah? when, we, when, we, when we were getting battered uh, before Alex Ray scored. It it was fantastic. I mean, we, we could probably just do a podcast on Matt Murray because oh. that, that guy in his time was, was phenomenal.
0: He was. And, and listen, we've all said it about, oh, he could play for England about certain players, But with Matt Murray, he genuinely would have played for England. Would he have Absolutely. stopped at Wolves? Probably not because I'm sure one of the top half Premier League teams, you know, would have would have snapped him up. Um, <laughs> What... The frustrating thing for me was he he played one game in the Premier League in in that 5-1 spanking against Blackburn. You know, he deserves so much more. That's why I'm so glad that for such a short career, he got his day in the sun at Cardiff, saved that penalty. Uh, Because that, for me, was the turning point. Because, listen, we're Wolves fans, Ryan. Um, 3-0 up at Cardiff. Listen, I was thinking we're going to lose 4-3 here. And I was convinced of it, it until Matt saved the penalty. It's, it's,
1: even to now, when we've got the best team we've ever seen in in, in our lifetimes. Yes. Even now, we th- we expect it's going to crumble, it's going to go wrong because Ooh. we're so used to in those playoff days. Yeah. It just going wrong, and it, we just that's just part of life, and that's just who we are. But yeah, that day in the sun. I mean, for me, that I went with my dad to that final. And it was just it's such an amazing day. It just it was so good. He couldn't believe. I mean, I was shall we say I was quite lubricated before that game for, yeah. for medicinal purposes to keep myself relaxed? But boy, did I sober it when those goals went in! I could not believe three 0 at half time. It was oh. it was Royal the Rovers. stuff. It, it was incredible. But like you say, Matt got his day in the sun. He deserved that. And it was a even though he went three nil, it was a completely faultless performance from the keeper.
0: Oh, it was, and you know. I've I've looked at some footage of that game recently, and not only everybody remembers the penalty save, but there's some other great saves too. Which mm, yeah. there's
1: one from a free kick as well.
0: Yeah. That n- End. Yeah, yeah, that's right, and uh, you know that. that and
1: uh, I think he needed scored a own goal as well. If you remember, he, yeah. He, he, I think there was a deflected header back, and it caught Matt out of his near post, but he's got that. I think yes. he got down and tipped it round for a corner. But it, he was just, he was brilliant.
0: So as as clean sheets go, that 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 was a that was a perfect foot, yeah. like you said, a faultless game. So. In front of Matt Murray, um, you 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 pick four oh no, Sorry, you pick three. Um, who <laughs> who's going to be your your central defender of the three?
1: Well, I'm have my sweeper as Dean Richards, yep. um, an absolute Rolls Royce of a defender. God yes. bless him! What a footballer! Yes, I, I don't recall many centre backs bringing the ball ball out and negging a forward in the process. No, that guy was just a pure footballer. And again, there's a guy. If it wasn't for, I know, I think he had a car accident, and then he was poorly afterwards. Yeah, and yeah, I him. think that guy, that guy would have had multiple caps for England. He was yeah. just a, such a pure footballer. He was composed. That guy was never panicked. He had some decent pace, and he could play. So, I mean, the, the, I've got, I've got some big old monsters either side of him. So, him, I mean, that could play football as well. But him tidying up there at the time, a bargain buy from Bradford City, yeah. a really, really. Tidy, slick footballer. It's just such a shame what happened to him. But for me, as... and, and, and I mean, I've mentioned the two so far, but th-
0: these guys could have played for England if, yeah. if, if 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 things had gone better for them. See, Dean Richards, for me, he could have equally been a midfielder as well because he was that comfortable on the ball. Um, You know, he was. And listen, at Wolves at the time, we'd been used to a lot of, you know, head it and kick it centre-halves. There wasn't much panache mm-hmm. about them. And then Dean Richards, you know, come on the scene and almost... Rewrote the script. Yes, we'd seen skillful midfielders in the middle of the park who could spray the ball around and beat players and you know take the ball forward. And then we saw a centre half doing it, which for, for us, Wolves fans, was a, an absolute breath of fresh air.
1: Yeah, he was he, he was wonderful to watch. And at the start, I mean, I, I wasn't very old, and I was I think I was I had a season ticket in the the lower. Billy Wright in the family stand then so I was still sort of learning my training watching football but this was a guy that was happy he dropped the shoulder on the, on the forward time and time again yes. he could catch up with people he could play out left and right he was comfortable to go on a run forwards yeah I mean it, it, I think we it's a shame I think, I think he went on a free transfer in the end to Southampton did he? Um, I
0: can't remember well I he went to Southampton I can't remember the, yeah I think he, he went on a free transfer involved. and then after one season I think he went to Spurs for quite big money which was frustrating but
1: I think that was the era of the starting of the Bosmans. But, um, yeah, Dean Richards, what a footballer. Just, he, he, the start of that, I mean, I know there's been culture defenders throughout time, as long as has been football, but like you said, that was a, a turning point for us. Yes. We hadn't really seen anything. Well, I hadn't seen anybody that was so composed on the ball and, and, and just so happy in possession on the, with it. Yeah,
0: and I think if memory serves me, you're quite right. I think it was a free transfer to Southampton. Then the money move was the Spurs first switch and that was 8.1 million i believe now if you look at that you know wolves really missed out on a few quid because if you know if we'd have maybe tried to extend his contract which i'm sure we did or but you know it, sadly if we let him go for nothing um it, you know that was a, a real travesty but not so much the money losing a player like that Ryan, i think
1: yeah lo- losing someone like that's absolutely massive but it was it was that period in time as as the 90s really were for Wolves it was just such a there was so much hope and yes but we 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 ended up flat on our face so badly time and time again but yeah for me just such a good footballer yeah i mean he could have probably played in midfield no doubt but yeah i could only imagine him in the middle of a back three with two monsters either side of him impenetrable i would say yeah almost but yeah what, what a footballer but such a shame for such a such a talent to go so young.
0: It certainly. So you're talking about these two monsters, who are the two monsters either side of the colossal no, we'll, Dean Richards.
1: <laughs> one of my favourite players. I don't know if how many how many of your uh, other guys doing this podcast will, other, other journalists doing this podcast will say, but Keith Curl will go in there for me. Yes, that guy was an absolute monster of a centre back. Yeah. He could play a little bit, not obviously no, not as cultured as yeah. Dean Richards. But, my God, that guy was quick, he was strong, he was he was quite angry, he was a yes. proper traditional centre-back, and, yeah, I mean, I think 150 league games for Wolves, 10 goals, it was just, it, it was just a real pleasure to watch, he would, not often he would get bullied, I know he had a bit of history, he was, had a bit of bad luck in some of the Albion games, but I remember one game at Stoke, I think we were chasing for the playoffs and went on a bad run, and in the end he was playing almost right-wing and he was taking people on, and, like. This guy was so quick. I can yeah. I, I mean, if, I don't know if I'm over exaggerating his pace, but I, I could hardly. In his first few years at Wolves, first two seasons, he, that guy think was fast.
0: No, listen. He was. He was quick. He was very fit. Um, and I think, as a player, you won't mind me saying this, but as a player, I think you know he, he used to like having a drink as well. And I've actually met up with him since, and he doesn't mm-hmm. drink at all now. And he still. I mean, he, you look at him now. He, he looks like he could. He could still play, but. Such an experienced player we was lucky to get, and we were lucky to get an experienced player still with his level of fitness, and Mm. he was also a penalty king, and one of my greatest memories of him was nearly ripping Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's head off at Leeds. Well,
1: it's bizarre you should mention that, because... um, I did some commentary that day. I used to commentate for some partially sighted and blind fans. Yes. And I remember that game I was commentating in the away end and and when Hasselbank missed the pen or should I say Sega saved it. Yes. I was celebrating. I left the poor guy that couldn't see because I was celebrating the goal <laughs> and he lost me for about a minute because I just like it was pandemonium. I mean, think there was like seven, 8,000 in that end. It was just pandemonium. It was, it was tremendous. But yeah, he, um... In, 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 that, in that same game, yeah, he,
0: um... Didn't he get head-butted head but like squared he, up to him and didn't
1: retaliate? He just sort of grabbed his neck.
0: He grabbed his neck and then you saw the, his veins literally popping and I thought, he's going to going to do me. Here. here we but go. That just reminds me, if I ever need help at a Wolves match, and all you listeners, you need help at a Wolves match, don't ask Ryan because he'll be celebrating a goal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love celebrating oh. goals. You know, that, that moment
1: when, no matter what other things are going on in your life, you get a moment, I think for me, this is not spiritual but it's like that moment of total freedom when you score a winning goal like away at Villa this year or should I say last season that 3-2 goal that was I mean you go to football for moments like that Yeah, obviously you go for the social the days out with your mates Yeah, sometimes the football secondary but when you get a moment like that I mean I know it's not quite I mean he was pretty good at Leeds but that goal at Villa yeah yeah that's what we go for, isn't it? Oh. But yeah, 600, 650 grand. Um, I think from Man City. Um, yeah, what a signing, yeah. mate! Real, real. And but but going back to what you said about the drinking, Jason. Back then, it was a cultural thing. Then I think that yes. happened from sixties, seventies, eighties. Yeah, it was it was a it was a cultural thing, and it's only when really you notice the impact that drinking would have on your your ability and don't get me wrong keith girl was a fit guy anyway Oh, he, he was. was fit he was fast i think he had a couple of caps for england as well so yeah he
0: did he yeah was a, he was a your fit, life, and, and strong guy so yeah yeah but i mean uh, we, we
1: spoke you spoke to bolly we all we all know about the newcastle story and, and tomo and, and new year's eve then so but it was just part of the culture then wasn't it yes. people went out for a drink but just that, that that's the way it was
0: it, yeah it's it certainly was um it, I mean, it's changed now. You won't see Neves and Moutinho going out for a pint. And, you know, and, and obviously that's the way they are. They, they are they've are, they always been athletes, but now it's, it is next level, isn't it? I mean, you see them now. I'm seeing really? them in Dorm training now. And literally, they, they, they are pure athletes.
1: Yeah, there's, there, there's nowhere to hide now either because they'll have their all kinds of tests on them. They'll be
0: yeah.
1: fat monitoring, heart monitoring. They'll almost be able to tell. If you if you've been out and had another heavy weekend, so it's there's there's, there's there's nowhere to hide. There isn't um, in some in some way. You know what I mean? What then? This is taking us off on somewhere else. But what annoys me is when, particularly the press sort of jump on Grealish yeah. when he's out having a few drinks and a good time. I don't I don't know why people target him because you know what? He's not at work. He, he yeah. works hard all summer. Keeps his body in great condition. He's won the Premier League. Yeah. Let him go and have a good time. If he wants to go and get smashed or do whatever he wants to do, let him do it. Enjoy himself. Well, don't. Pick on him. And that drives me mad. It, it really drives
0: me mad. That's the perils of social media, Ryan, because now oh. the, these players, Triori, Neves, Matinho, they can't even go in Sangibri's or So if they're down the crown having a few beers, they've got flipping no chance.
1: Oh, I'll tell you what, a ba- absolute banter. If Neves is in the crown, getting, getting,
0: <laughs> getting, getting tantrapped. Listen, <laughs> listen, if I see him in there, I'm buying him a pint. So, <laughs> you, your other monster uh, centre-back is?
1: He, the homegrown Villa fan Wolves fan in the form of Jolion Lescott another again could you imagine those back three
0: oh, Keith yeah. Roy, Lescott on the left and Dean Richards in the middle that's that's an
1: English impenetrable back three that is this is what's going to allow the wing backs to push on so much so yet I mean what can we say about Jolion Lescott again a player that some misfortune when he's, his earlier days had an accident yes. he disappeared off the scene for a bit and then the Wolves scouts saw him playing for Villa and they're like whoa 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 Come back here, mate. You signed for us. Back for Wolves, and I think he made his debut about when he was about eighteen. Yeah. But that guy, fast, strong, could play a bit, could score a goal. Um, what a fantastic footballer! I mean, I'm, I'm just that he, he got to go on, and I think he won the Premier League with Man City. Yeah. Yep. I think we sold. We didn't sell him for a huge fee to to, Matt, to um, Everton, but he um, strangely kind of learnt his trade a year or two, doing playing left back. I think he started off. Right. Um, at Everton when he first went there which was strange and then he found his way into centre back and then obviously Man City paid the big money but again an absolute joy to watch it's this there's, there's not often you can say that about a defender but when you've got someone like that that would just the pace of the guy you, you get alongside you and then because of his strength he would just ease you out the way turn round and then bring the ball forward comfortably um Probably, in terms of culture, not quite as cultured as Dean Richards, but probably a bit more cultured than Keith Curl. Yeah, that's, that's a good, as, a good assessment. some seri- serious pace and strength, and for me, that back three would just be, yeah, that would be tremendous at their
0: peak. Yeah, Lescott, you know, I I, I was always a big fan of his, and at that particular time, Wolves' youth policy, you know, was, was leaps and bounds. And there was players like Murray coming through, Lee Naylor, Jolie okay. Lescott. Um, and yes, he went on to have a great career. And I think sometimes, yes, people remember that stupid tweet he put out of Villa. It leaves a bit of a sour taste in the Wolves fans' mouth that he signed for West Brom. Mm. But you can't be grudging the moves he's had to Man City in the Premier League, it's, scoring goals it's, for it's, England. He's had a great career.
1: Of course, it's work at the end of the day. And, yes. obviously, he's a homegrown player, and he, he didn't obviously he had, he had the playoff final with us. But if you if you if sold on, you don't really owe anybody anything. And that 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 total. Breed of total loyalty. I don't think it exists anymore because no. at the, end of the day, although he's probably a millionaire, football's a short career, and you've got to think Very about sure. your kids. So if you're retiring in your early to mid thirties, you want to get as many paydays as you can. And yeah. you know what? If, if that's at a local rival, then so be. It. I mean, that that might annoy people, but if he lives in the area and he's got an opportunity to uh, have another good year or two, then that's life. I'm afraid you've got to think about your family.
0: Oh, you certainly have. And like I said, he got some great moves. Yes. Um, he might have ended up at West Brom, but like you said, homegrown player. We made some money off the back of him, and we went to see him have a have a, have a great career. To be fair, and it, I suppose it would have been nice towards the end. I think it was like Robbie Keane when there was a chance of him coming back to us, and I think we thought the sort of same about Les Scott really. But what you're doing almost, you want them to be that you know your player at their peak, and sadly mm-hmm. this was probably you know a couple of years past their best in the end. But you know what a great player for Wolves.
1: Yeah, I mean, fans do like the romance. We all like it. If there's a returning hero, we want that. But yes. we were at the stage then when, when unfortunately, we were, we had to be a stepping stone. There was some there was some a few big names that left. But that's just where we are. That's where we were at that time at Wolverhampton Wanderers. Now we're doing a little bit better to hold on to some amazing players. But, yeah, it, the romance is strong. But it uh, should never be put ahead of the progression of the club.
0: Oh, completely. Couldn't agree more, Ryan. So we're moving into midfield. So we've got three... In defence, uh, so let's start with uh, the, the player you're playing on the right side is...
1: The right side on midfield four is going to be Dennis Irwin. Dennis Irwin. Yep. Now, this guy, he was retiring from football. He wasn't playing anymore. He got a call from Dave Jones. Do you want to come and play? And honestly, what a footballer. Yeah, What a footballer. It, obviously, he wasn't as quick, or, but the timing the composure, the free kicks he scored, the crossing of the ball. Yeah. The guy was just the ultimate professional. He's one of the a few people that he said he missed pre-season training. He absolutely loved it. Now, I think that's a little bit psychopathic, to be honest, because I've done pre-season training and it's horrible. Nobody Imagine that. Imagine being that dedicated. You absolutely love being beasted in pre-season, but yeah. what a tremendous professional. Um, I mean, for me, he's when we were 3 nil down to Leicester, and he put the cross in for Alex Ray. I think Alex Ray put the equaliser in for 3-3. Yeah. Um, if, if, um, I mean, that might have been 3-2 or 3-3. No, I think it was for the for 3-3. He put that cross in and he's whipped it in from halfway inside the lesser half to perfectly on the penalty spot for Alex Ray. Just such a lovely, composed, yes. calm defender. I mean, you can see why he won the European Cup at Man United and the Premier League so to get him it was just an absolute joy to watch it was just so at time, although his legs weren't what they were it just looked easy for him when he had that year in the championship it was just easy oh. he was just composed nothing nothing was too difficult didn't panic it was like well, that's why you've won the Champions League mate what a footballer
0: yeah I'll agree I mean I think at one point I think he's been overtaken perhaps by Giggs and maybe someone else but I believe he was Man United's um, most glittered player. You know, he'd won more medals and trophies than anyone, which if you look at Man United's history with Charlton Best, Law, etc. You know, what a fantastic career. Come to Wolves, yes, it could have been argued he was past his best. And at that particular time, there was a few older heads in the side. But signing him and Ince was an absolute masterstroke because they brought all the experience that we needed. They actually... They didn't need their legs as much because they had it all up top and there's a lot oh, yeah. of players who yes they've got experience but they do need their legs to carry on through games these pair didn't because there was so you know you knew denny soon was one of them players if the ball come to him he ain't losing possession we all know there's a player in sides in years gone by where they get in the ball you think there's a mistake in them you know i mean i remember one ronald zubar listen he was a good player he was great going forward great to watch yeah and it was I shouldn't be saying it really because I don't like but it looked like there was a mistake in him but with a player yeah. like Dennis Irwin you never ever had to worry you could see a ball coming to him 50 foot in the air 50 mile an hour and you know with players around him and he'd just pick it out of the air pass it off move he, just, he was just so elegant the way he did it It was just a joy yeah, to watch yeah he
1: was he was like it was like basically he was just glide around that pitch and it was just there wasn't there wasn't a mistake in him. He knew his limitations with the pace, but yes. I mean, you don't. I think he had like 360 plus appearances for Man United. Wow, um, you don't make many many appearances for that Man United era if you, if you aren't any good like you said oh. record appearances. But what a footballer! I, don't, I think I think he only got the two goals for us. But one, I think were they both free kicks? I yeah. remember one free kick. I Can't remember them both. But yeah, must just, yeah just such a good player. And uh, I mean. You know he, he was past his best, Jason. But there's no way we'd have got picked any certain player. But um, for
0: <laughs> not without signing, not without selling off the team.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, but yeah, what a footballer! But just such, but such a quiet. I mean, just professional. I mean, yes. I'm going to make make it's going to make me feel old as well because I've I've just looked up on the screen at his, his bits his, his, his stats. Fifty, he's fifty-seven this year. I mean, oh, how old does that oh make Oh my you god!
0: For You see so he's. Fifty-seven?
1: He's fifty-seven in October,
0: yeah. Oh my god, so he's knocking on the door sixty. That's frightening. <laughs> yeah, how old are we now? That is frightening, mate. I'm forty-five and I feel fifty-five after hearing that stat. <laughs> <Flooping> <laughs> so so we've got fifty-seven year old dennis Irwin on the right. Um <laughs>
1: still,
0: <yeah>. who, who, <laughs> who who have you gone for on the left, Ryan?
1: Um I've gone for probably the second fastest player I've ever seen play at Wolves. Um Ronnie Whelan still has nightmares. About Steve Frogget, so yeah, Steve Frogget for me, what a player, yeah. what a footballer. Um, again, I've, I've said this about a lot of them. There's a guy that should have played more. For he should have had more. I know he made the England squad once. Yes. I don't think he made the actual. Um, I don't think he made it on the pitch. But he, he was desperately sad to lose him. We got him from Villa for like a million, a million and a half. When he was fully fit and flying, he was unplayable. And Gr- Grimsby really comes to mind. Away that bully hat trick. Yeah, it was. It was all about Steve Froggy. Steve Froggy ruined Grimsby that day, yeah. and it was an incredible bullet getting hat trick. Open game of the season. It was certainly wasn't. It was hot. Well, it was hot. It's hot today, but um, he could cross the ball.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, the engine on that guy. Not just his pace. He'd be up and down that pitch. Um, I mean, I've I've spoke to Froggy a few times. I've seen him at some social events, as I'm sure you probably have as well. Yes. But, um, yeah, I mean, I still joke, make that joke about that safe end game now, but the way he, skin, he skinned the full-back, the player manager at the time, rolled it across the face of goal, Bully put it in for 5-0. And just, I mean, what a footballer. Yeah. An engine all day long. He could be, I mean, not that Lescott would need support at left-centre-back, but just in case you needed it, you've got Steve Froggett with a bit of pace as well, so no one's going down anywhere on that, on, on my uh, my
0: eleven see, Steve Frogger, I've got Steve on the podcast, and he actually corrected a bit of a myth. And the myth was he was always injured. And I think there was a couple of injuries, but he wasn't always injured. And he told me how many games he played, and he told me the runs in the team he had. And I think there was a couple of injuries, but nothing serious. But I think when he signed with Tony Daly, um, I think part of the problem was... uh, when I think when Tony got injured, I think Steve Froggett was injured and he he'd almost got tied with the same brush. But uh. you're quite right. Winger up and down. He could put pinpoint crosses in. And, you know, we talk about uh, Bully and Muchy's relationship up front, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, but also Steve Froggett was, was picking out players for fun. And Bully wouldn't have scored all the goals without players like Steve Froggett. But you're quite right. Great talent, he was you know, a young player, burst onto the scene with Villa, and I think we was actually lucky to sign him when we did, at the age he was.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was really exciting, that, that transfer window. Yes. I, I think around that year, I think John DeWolf came roughly around yeah. then. He might, he might have come at Christmas, I'm not sure. Uh, Don Goodman came, um, Froggy came earlier in that season, but there was so many good players then. So, I just, to this day, I still talk about it with my dad, How didn't we get promoted with that team, with all these players. How didn't we get promoted?
0: Just to be honest, Ryan, I've spoke with most of the players, and they're still scratching their heads and asking the same question. <laughs> because you look at that team now, and there's no—you know—you just think we had everything at our disposal, you know. And you looked at the other teams in the championship that come to play Wolves, and you could probably name two or three at best. Um, but Wolves had a almost, you know, a team of big name players, and it was such a shame that we never made that final hurdle, especially under Graham Taylor. So I really thought yeah. he was going to do it for us.
1: Yeah, he, he was desperately unlucky. But just, just going back to Froggy, uh, as you, you've met yourself, a great guy off the pitch as well. A good fun.
0: You know, I mean, yeah. you what know, you can always see on his socials he's that <laughs> he son. likes a drink. He absolutely loves a party. That guy does. Absolutely not. Um, but what,
1: what a great football! Like again. It, it, from his not from his own fault because I do think he had some more, a more serious injury yes. um, later on in his career that sort of held held him back. But again, there's a guy that could have been playing more for England. But maybe I'm just biased and I think all these Wolves players should have played. But I think Wolves have had some these players so far should, were unfortunate not to do more.
0: Ah, hundred percent. So your two midfielders in between Denny serving on the right and Steve Fruggett on the left are
1: well. I'm going to go with the obvious one. I'm going to go with uh, my captain, uh, and it ha- absolutely has to be Paulin's. Now, before I talk about the governor, I want to tell you a story about the
0: governor. Yeah, please and do. This, this this is a really strange story, yeah. um, and the story almost
1: got broke. Again, it involves my dad, um, well, who, he's been, sort he's, of... Uh, he's been
0: broke now on through. the wolf whistle, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we're away, as I mentioned earlier, Ron, we're away at Reading. We yeah. went 1-0. Um, I'm in the home end on the corner, commentating for that same fan I lost at Leeds. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, we sort of come down, the players are by the tunnel, so I come down to there and I see a guy in, in a um a wolf's tie. Um, I speak to him, I say, Oh I've just been commentating for my friend and he says, Oh, that's that's really nice. He said, Wait there a second. He comes back and he's like, Come on the pitch and meet the players and like, what? I mean I'm I'm like I'm not very old uh, Yeah, uh, and I'm thinking he's joking on it, so I just climb over the climb over to the adver- climb over the advertising boards. Um Go on. it's like, yeah, come and meet the lads. And I'm I'm, on, I'm in the centre circle. And I'm like, I don't know what to do here. I'm proper starstruck.
0: Flipping so heck. And they're so, all there so, on the pitch. You're on the pitch with so, them.
1: Yeah, so, so the, Wolves, the Wolves fans are in the way in, still celebrating. Yeah. The Wolves players are still in the centre circle. I don't know if they'd had a media blackout at that point. I think there'd been a, a bit of fallout with the media. Yeah. And I wasn't talking to anybody. Um, so what did the first thing I do? Right, I think about my dad. I, 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 had, I, I, don't, I don't remember how big the phone was, but I was like... I spoke, went The first thing to Paul. went up to Paul and I was like, Paul, would you do me a favour? and phone my dad. And he's like, yeah, if you want me to. So, so Dad's watching on the telly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Paul Ince has got the phone, and, he, and, and he's like, Dave, this is Ince. And Dad then dropped a few swear words, thinking you're taking the mickey out of me, mate. Ince hands me the phone back. I'm like, Dad, I'm on the pitch with Paul Ince. Tell him to stay for another year. So Dad spent a minute speaking to Paul Ince to say, to sign another year. Insigned signed, and Dad's th- dad's taking all the credit for it.
0: <laughs> so you heard it here first. Pauline signed another year. It's purely... Because of Dave Lester. <laughs> purely down to Dave Lester. We'll write are there the stories I like, mate.
1: But what a player again. Again, yep. another player like Denny Sermon. We wouldn't have got in our prime. This nope. guy's... He's played across. I think he played for Inter Milan, played for Liverpool, played for Man United, played West for West Ham. Yeah. Massive character, could do a bit of everything. Um, probably didn't quite have the engine that he did when he came to West, but I mean, he led that team. He put the tackles in. He drove the team forward. Yet, yeah. I mean, he got the job done, didn't he? He came in to get Wolves promoted, mm-hmm. and he exactly, he, he absolutely did that. I think he was a bit unfortunate not to get an opportunity to get the manager's job at Wolves. Yes. I think he was res- respected. More by the players and the fans, but probably not much by the club back then. Um, I think he was unfortunate not to get the job, Um, but he's at Reading now, and I wish him all the best, and I hope he does well with Alex Ryder.
0: Yeah, and I think because he didn't get the job, I think that was part of the catalyst as to why he didn't turn up to pre season training with Mick McCarthy. And Mick McCarthy was quite dismissive and said, You know, I've only got a small squad. He's supposed to turn up. He hasn't, and you know I think there was a bit of a bit of bad blood at the time. But you're right. It, I think he was in the line to get the job. It, listen, as history tells us now, Mick McCarthy was 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 clearly uh, the best choice. Um, yeah. But in saying that, um, Paul Ince, as a player, Matt Murray always says exactly the same thing. Um, the fact that uh, in he said there'd be games and there'd be young players who were quite nervous and they'd be playing with NC and he'd just say, listen, give me the ball. If there's players around me, it doesn't matter where I am. If I've got my back to goal, I'm facing goal. If I'm on the wing, wherever I am, give me the ball. And to be a young player and have that yeah. said to you is, is huge, isn't
1: it? it? It is huge. And you can tell from speaking to him as a character, that guy... He just wants to win. Yeah. He just wants to win all the time. And people, some people. I mean, there's a, there's a fine line between sort of uh, confidence and arrogance. And I think he found it because oh, that guy, yeah. he, he knew he was good and he wanted to win. And I just that character, he, he would sort of press onto the rest of the team that belief it was just some of the games he carried us through the tackles he put in and it would it would lift the stand it would lift the team but not just a great tackler and a, and a warrior a good footballer as well
0: yeah he was he was a very good footballer and you don't play for all them clubs you know by just being a bit of a snuttery midfield because he had so much more to his game um and who is your uh, who's your player who's going to partner paul in midfield
1: well, this is this is the curveball, and I don't know if anyone would have said this as well, but this is someone that didn't have a very long career at Wolves. Again, yeah. unfortunate with with something terrible that happened to him. But Jeff Thomas, yes, early, yeah. early on in his career at Wolves, this centre midfielder
0: was as good as I've seen. Oh. The guy, he, he picked the ball up, he ran with the ball. Yeah, he,
1: the goal at Sunderland before that horrible tackle. I'm like, this guy is a footballer. This yeah. guy can play, and for me. That's when that season, when he got injured. Yes, that's when it got tough. If, if he'd have stayed fit,
0: yeah,
1: I don't think anyone would have been able to live with that team. He was, <coughs> excuse me, he was such a good footballer. He was yeah, confident. I mean, I know
0: he had that comedy miss for England when he tried to chip the keeper against France. Again, yeah, ninety-two. But but you don't get nine caps for England. No. Um,
1: I mean, he, he had some time. I mean, I think he, he came to, to um, us from Palace. Um, I'm not sure if, I, think, I believe he's a Man City fan. He had the opportunity to go to Man City, but he yeah. picked Wolves. Um, and then, obviously, with his, with his Lou Cameron stuff that went on, then he had bits at Forest and, and Barnsley afterwards and crew, but what a footballer yeah. again. I mean, Im- imagine Pete, Jeff Thomas. Excuse me, I'm just going to go to the fridge and, and, open a, and open a can of Diet Coke
0: and not a beer because I'm it. <laughs> you sure it's not a Madrid? I can't have a beer. I'm going I'm going to Alicante tomorrow. I can't have a beer tonight oh, as well. Oh, flipping out. I'm going on uh, I'm going the day. I'm going Wednesday. I'll see you there then, mate. <laughs> you will do. We could have done it there in the sun. Nah, oh, not after a few naughty. beers. But while you're having a drink, um, Ryan, Jeff, Thomas. Now, listen, this was a plaque. Th- we talk about transfer windows at Wolves. That transfer window, I will never forget it. We signed... Uh, Kevin Keane, who was a fantastic winger, and I thought West Ham was, were, were, you know, I thought it was a ridiculous decision for them to let him go, for, for for him to come to Wolves, I thought, what a great, you know, what a great move for us, so we had Kevin Keane, Davy Kelly, a proven goal scorer at a championship level, which, well, it was then the first division, um, it was, sorry, it was called the first division, except that was the inception of the Premier League, so, uh, it was still the 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 championship, if you like. But he had such a fantastic goal-scoring record, didn't Ed? And then, in come Jeff Thomas, who would only played for England, I believe, 18 months before that goal at Sunderland. I mean, I remember recording it and then on video, and I must have rewound it and watched it that many times. I nearly flipped and burnt the VHS player out. My mom went mad. Yeah, it's, there was it's smoke one of those from goals it. that I think it was late on in the game. Wolves were and I think they were quite comfortable in the game. Who scored the first plan- goal, Ryan? Put you on the spot. Or- Who's- I'm going to have to have a shot at Steve Ball, but I don't know. Mike Small. Deflection. Oh, no. Well, that wasn't the same game, was it? Yeah, goalkeeper. Was that the Mike
1: Small game? Yeah, goalkeeper okay. booted it. it, it he hit Mike Small and went in. Is your podcast an 18 or not, Jason? Because I want oh, you to mate, tell me how we scored the goal.
0: <laughs> it literally hit him on his ass. I think it was the only uh, shot I he ever I I had, I had in a Walshirt. I don't think it was
1: his ass, Jason.
0: Really? I don't think it was his arse. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> well, was his arse. <laughs> there's another exclusive. But at the other end... Um, you watch, I bet that's the wrong game now, but I'm 99% sure it, it was it was that game. I'm 90%, so I can remember the kit. Now, Jeff Thomas picked the ball up in his own half and he literally slalomed through the defence. And even he, he, when he got to the keeper, he even turned round and looked uh, where, where everyone was and then he just slotted it home. And then there was that disgusting tackle which, which put him out for a long time. Which, was it Howie? Was it, the it was Howie and he... he, he, he I've heard on, on good advice, I can't remember who said it, but it was premeditated, um, you know, that, 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 that it was, you know, that it was malicious, he meant to do it, and he, and he, and he, and he really, it was yeah, at a time clear. when we shouldn't, you know, if, if we'd have kept that play, we could have had a really good run that season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean some of the players we're mentioning were so desperately unlucky to yeah. to have, but you, know, but you know, though, I wouldn't change it for where we are now, because all those heartaches and journeys and, yeah, I mean that was at Sunderland the, the year I was at Sunderland the year before again with my dad we lost one nil we didn't have a shot on goal and it rained and the only way home was via train to London and then come back out so oh, <laughs> I an missed I wasn't at that, I was not the Mike Small game I picked the wrong picked the wrong year to go to Sunderland
0: I think but, um, you did I think I might have been at that game actually at Roker Park but I went in the back of a minibus
1: <laughs> I wasn't that fortunate we had to walk back to the station no roof no roof on the stand rained no shots no goals, no points, home via London, horror show. Thanks,
0: Dad. Oh, no, mate. <laughs> So, um, yeah, once again, really good player, got injured far too early, <laughs> you know, for my liking, in a wall shirt. And I, so, sadly, we never saw the best of him, but we saw glimpses of the player that, that made him that top player in England international. Yeah, I, I think those those handful of
1: games before the Sunderland game, you could see there was just such a good footballer there. Yes. Um, I mean, i I've put the, the screen up in front of me so I could look at bits of bobs as I'm talking about the players, but I didn't realise that he had eight league goals in 46 games for us. Now, I, I know that was over a four-year spell of injuries, but that's that's not a bad return
0: for a no, centre of it, it, is it? I mean, do you remember the first game of the season, of, of that pre-season I spoke about when we, we, we had a great transfer window? Um we, we, we beat Bristol City uh, first game, once again, Bristol City, 3-0.
1: 3-1.
0: Oh, 3-1, sorry. Glorious, glorious day. And I believe Jeff Thomas scored a screamer, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I think that opening game of the season, that was my first year. I, had, I think that was the first year the new Billy Wright opened. If yeah, yeah, if I yeah, it I was. Right. I, and, and yes, I had,
0: it was. It was, it was, yes.
1: And I had my season ticket in the lower tier uh, of that stand with my dad. And I was really excited to see these new players. And I remember to this day, he said, just because we spent loads of money doesn't mean we're going to, you know what I
0: mean, make it easy. So he sort of straightened me out a little bit then. But then we won 3-1, I didn't believe him.
1: So, yeah, it was, it, it was a great start. Did, did we go down to 10 men that day as well?
0: Um, um, did, we have,
1: did we have a man sent off in that game?
0: Oh, I, I'm, I, all I can remember, I think Venus scored. I remember it was red hot. I remember. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Glorious. I remember, and I thought, that's it, we're winning the league. But I've thought that every first game of the season for the past 30 years. So, what was new then? (laughs) Oh, brilliant. So, we're going now to uh, the three up top. So, you're playing one, I believe, behind the front two. So, who is your number 10?
1: Number 10 has to be Robbie Key. Um,
0: He certainly does.
1: It Has to be Robbie Key. Now, I mean, I've heard all kinds of stories about the opportunity to come back to Wolves. And I felt at the time when we needed him and he could have come back, but he went to Villa after being in America and then got those goals against us. I mean, I don't I don't hold on to a grudge, but I've still not forgiven him for that. And the reason why is because after the game, I promised to go around my mate's house, who's a Villa fan, there was a cards night, and they right. put that game on the telly because it was game of the day on Sky. So I had to sit there playing cards after oh. I played that game. And I blame Robbie Keane for that. And like, I've not forgiven right. him since.
0: Rightly so as well, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, again... I first saw him and um, there was a friendly against Stirling Albion in Scotland of that pre-season before he made his debut at Norwich. Yeah. Um, I think he played in a front three of Goodman, Bull and Keane at Sterling. I was like, oh, that, that, that looks good. And then we went to Norwich um, <sighs> a week or two later. We won 2-0. Oh. He scored, he scored the, um, I mean, the,
0: the, the second goal was just, was outrageous. I mean, they were both worldies, really. Yeah, they were both good but
1: I, I was commentating that day, and you'll be pleased to know I didn't lose the guy this time. <laughs> I didn't I'm lose really the nice. guy this time.
0: I'm surprised. I, um, but
1: it, but but on that side of, th- I mean, I'm sure it annoyed people, annoyed people around me doing that. But when I had the opportunities, that I was fortunate to commentate for this guy that wanted to hear what I had to say.
0: Yeah,
1: I get to express myself then as I'm celebrating the goal. I mean, I'm sure it must have really annoyed people around me but it, I got so much from that and it sort of gave me a platform to do with things but yeah back to Robbie Keane that performance and that debut well this kid's going to go on to big things yeah. um, probably the, the frustrating thing is obviously he went to Cobb there, Cobb, there was no sell on clause or anything like that that was yeah. quite frustrating but he went on he had a really good career um, had an opportunity I mean I, don't, I think less like actually Robbie Keane has probably told you whether he had an opportunity to come back he, I always felt like he could have done but he picked Villa and um yeah, and, I, and I still hold,
0: I'm still holding on to that. I'm not forgiving him for that. Well, listen, i have always say the same. When, when, when people mention Robbie Keane, to me, he was a street footballer. You can't teach that natural ability. It was all very yeah. raw. Um, he looked quite cumbersome at times as well. You get the ball and, you, you, you know, you wouldn't think he's going to beat the player, but he did and he, he used to show players a lot of the ball and you think, you know... It, but, listen, what, just, just such a natural talent for me. Um, mm. And, you know... You, you look back now, and he's, he's only retired a few years ago. When you see him on the telly, he still looks quite young. And to think he played up front with Steve Ball, I mean, you just think, wow, they, you know, that, they were they were great times. And when he first broke into the team, you could see there was a real player there. And the, the deal with Coventry, um, listen, it was top-flight top football for him. Um, yes, it, well, I suppose we could have held out for more, but I think it was a deal that suited Colin Lee at the time. And then Colin Lee was... was Although he didn't want to sell him, and I think the deal was done behind his back, I think the biggest thing for Colin Lee was the fact that he couldn't reinvest the money, or he wasn't given the full amount to reinvest. And then didn't, it
1: was was that shortly after I I Akinboy. Yeah,
0: Akinboy. So he, 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 you know, he said openly on the podcast that Robbie Keane got got pretty much sold without his knowledge, and how he say so. And and he, listen, it was a decision that Wolves had to to live and die by. But he went on to have a fantastic career, and I'm just glad we got him. At that stage of his career, he started his career with us, and we saw what a great player he was.
1: Yeah, we had a, a good couple of years. The some of the games and the goals and the performances. Yeah, it was a brilliant goal for on Middlesbrough. I think it was clean through with the keeper. He lobbed it over the keeper. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just, just some of the the swagger. Like you said, this, that, I mean, I've not heard that phrase before, but that's a really, a really good sort of terminology for the kind of player he was. That, that street foot. You couldn't teach that swagger, no. that touch, and he. He would buy a second with a turn, some really unorthodox finishes of the way he did yeah. things. It just, and he, but it was really good to watch. And I mean, I mean, I, I, obviously, I, I joke about it. he obviously ruined, ruined that Saturday for me. Obviously, he did, but it was Wolves that ruined it more from losing after they were beating Villa one 0 But we went to Spurs a few years later. He scored a hat trick against Wolves, and the away end is chanting his name now. Yeah, that, that can't be, That can't happen very often in football. No. Um, And I mean, that's a massive sign of respect. You've got to to do that. I mean, he didn't. I don't think. I don't think he really celebrated the goals. But I'm all right with people celebrating goals. It's it's your job. You work all week. You work all hard to score. All all hard. Work all week hard. So you know what? Celebrate your goal. But yeah, that that tells you at the time what the fans thought of him and what he meant to them. If you can bag a hat
0: trick against your sort of and they're still cheering. And yeah,
1: still chanting your name that's
0: that's that's massive yeah well Robbie Keane like you know unbelievable talent and like I said very lucky to and that one goal there's a goal I remember I can't remember who it was against but he almost scooped it up over the keeper or, or, or to, at a cute angle and you think you know any other player if that had been you know they'd have just put their head down and blasted it
1: was that the one when he ran alongside the he ran alongside the defender and scooped to the outside of his right foot yeah. over the keeper? Now, yeah, I've, I've, I've recently watched that goal. one I can't remember who it was against, but it was look, he almost look. It was a no, almost like a no look finish because yeah. it didn't look like he was supposed to be able to do that from there. But exactly, yeah, that, that kid has got had some swagger, didn't it? will like kid now. He's he's older than me. He's older than us, isn't he? No, but so,
0: but every time I think of Robbie Keane now, I still think of him as an eighteen year old kid.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that. Yeah. What a player, though. I mean, like you said, it's a, re- a really good way of looking at things. We had we had the opportunity to enjoy him for a few years. Yes. Um, so, and, and we made the most. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely only one Keno. What, what a player! Oh, he was.
0: So, two up top. We got Keno number ten. role. the two goal scorers who are going to propel Ryan's team to the top of the Premier League is.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, th- this my, my first striker is. I think massively underrated by so many. And again, I think this guy should have won trophies, but he didn't. Um, He came from Burnley to Wolves, um, Stephen Fletcher. Now, this guy to me just looked like a ridiculous... I mean, he he got injured quite a bit and couldn't really stay in the team for a consistent run. But the talent this guy had, and at the time, um, it was common knowledge that he was the most skillful player in that squad of all those players... He just the way he'd hold up a football with his chest, yep. his aerial ability. Yes, he wasn't very quick, but I, I remember his game against Albion. We beat him three one. I think he got two, and Aura got one. Um, <clears throat> uh, three, I beat him three one at you That was just it was it was really good. And he just link play. He's generally intelligent. It just yes. looked to me like he was a step ahead. Now I'm not going to be overcritical of Mick McCarthy because of what he achieved. I just felt like that he wasn't suited. He'd have been more
0: he'd have been better off suited at Spurs or somewhere else like that where he would have got the most out of his
1: talent because he just looks so natural with the football and we played a a defensive kind of football and and that's fine because you know what We we had some good years and he got us where we did so I've got a lot of respect and time for that I just think Stephen Fletcher could have gone on to better things with the talent he had. Some may disagree, but for me, he just... No. Other than, other than pace, I, I, think he, I think he was a complete forward. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I think I'd agree. And it's it's very interesting, the way you've put it, really, because in the formation and way he was playing under McCarthy, um, I don't think we really got the best out of him. He still had a good goal-scoring record. He was still one of the best players I've seen in the air for, for, for his heading ability. Um, you know, he, he had that knack of scoring goals. Um yeah, I just I, I think for me, he, he probably some players are better in better teams, right? I, I know that absolutely, that, that, seems absolutely no about that seems a bit obvious, seems a bit obvious, but if you're a poor player in a good team, you still get found out. But I think mm. Stephen Fletcher in a top team, you'd have actually seen quite a few goals from him.
1: He just for me, Jason, he, he had everything the, he, the little touches he would do in a game, you'd be able to hold a man off and bring the ball down, turn his ability to flick the ball on, his heading ability was really good.
0: Yeah.
1: He, um, I don't know how long you can, this can go on for, but I've got a Stephen Fletcher associate story. If you hey, no, hear go, it. For it, mate. go for
0: it, man, go for it.
1: So, this, so Stephen Fletcher is indirectly responsible for
0: someone throwing a pie in my face. Now, a lot of people will listen to that. And, <laughs> and what what, what pie was Ste- it, more interestingly? Really?
1: I think it was a Baltify and bearing in mind oh. I was vegetarian at the time. I wasn't very happy about <laughs> it. Fucking <laughs> egg. But, but, so... So we was away at Spurs. Um, I was with some, I was with some of the, some of the lads. Uh, well, still, still, see the lads now. I was having a drink. We weren't playing very well. We took the lead at half time. Stephen Fletcher scored in a stroke of half time. And as I'm celebrating goal, this this pie hit clipped me on the mush, and it sort of exploded into bits. And luckily, um, it hit me. But there was like a little girl and a mum next to me. So if it hadn't have hit me, it would hit this girl. And. <sighs> To, to this day that's the angriest I've ever been at a football match and so instead of enjoying celebrating Stephen Fletcher goal I was at the top end of White Hart Lane and a pie hit me clean on the mush Now, I'm sure there'll be loads of people listening now thinking I love Stephen Fletcher now and that's fair enough as well but <laughs> honestly to be honest, I, I, could not, I could not believe what had happened to be, he paid £6 for a pie at Spurs and thrown it in the away end do you
0: know what if a, if a Pie of it me—that'd have made my day. Flipping pinnacle of a bit of free food.
1: <laughs> I wasn't watching; I'd have grabbed it. <laughs> Brilliant. But, yeah, so, all-round all right, all footballer, yeah. Um, tremendous talent. I think he's—I mean, he was—he was still playing last season. Yeah. Um, was he? At she- was he at Sheffield Wednesday I last think he season? He was, and
0: then he went uh, abroad for a short time, at some random club.
1: Um, oh, did, didn't he? Didn't he play in Marseille with, with that Joey? Was you like that it. He went to Marseille, and I
0: was. But there you go. People see that as a random transfer. Actually, no. He, he's you know he, he could have quite easily fitted into a team like that with the right players around him. Well, I, th- I
1: think as at his youth when he was young, I think he was at Hibs, yeah. And uh, I think Real Madrid were really close to they were having a good look at him and they were close to signing him. And I could see that when he played that because he was such a pure natural for me, a real natural talent. Yeah. The way that guy would hold the ball up and just make it look so easy. I, I think. I mean. I think Fletcher enjoyed football. He enjoyed enjoyed going out as well. And you know what? <coughs> people do whatever they want to do. I think for me, there's a footballer that probably should have done more than he did. Even yes. though I'm sure he's done very well out of football, but great to watch and link, linking people into the team. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Well, I couldn't have put that better myself. And to be honest, that's a that's a bit you know, like you said, like Jeff Thomas, a bit left field, but great, great, uh, <coughs> great choice, and obviously great reasoning behind it. Now. No prizes to any of the listeners for guessing who the other centre forward is going to be, but I'll let Ryan take it away. Who is of course, it? Of course, of
1: course, it's got to be the legendary nine himself, Mister Mister Steve Ball. Um, how could it not be Steve Ball? This is this is the guy. Him and Paul Gascoigne. Um, I'm looking just behind me now. I've got a signed picture of Bully and Gascoigne in England shirts. Yeah, those two men are responsible for making me fall in love with football. Yeah, um, I watched Italian ninety. I like football a little bit. I watched Italian ninety. Um, obviously, Gascoigne was amazing. Bull, and my, I always say, Bully was the first player to jump on David Platt after we scored that world dig against Belgium. Yeah, that's yeah. the closest Wolves connection, and yeah. I'll push that forever. That 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 summer, I fell in love with football, and then the October after, um, a few months after, that's when I watched my first game and scored Bully got a hat trick. Um, as I'm sure you have yourself, you've done plenty of socials with Bully and spoke to him, and it's sometimes it, it's surreal when you think, God, literally. How many Saturday afternoons did you make for me? Oh. I mean, because of where I lived and where I grew up, it was. And scoring against Birmingham City at that age, it like they couldn't stand him, and he always scored against them. He did, and he always made my weekend. In no matter how crap we were, I mean, that game we were we were two one down in injury time, and we beat them three two at Molineux. Yeah,
0: definitely We scored for Blues, I just,
1: believe. I, yeah, I mean. I think there was a three-ball over the top from Simon Osborne. Yeah, from it alongside Michael Johnson. He's hit it across, maybe, I don't think it was a bit soon for Bart Greenwick. I'm not sure it was. But, he, but he, hit it across, he hit it across the keeper and in, and that was just wild. But he, le, le, legend, for me, is, is a far too overused term in football these he? days. But he, he's far, I mean, legend should mean Billy Wright, Stan Cullis, um, and, and Steve Ball falls into that category because of, of what he did and what he achieved and how he's sort of put the foundation of what he oh. did to get Wolves to an established championship club to where they are now, really he, obviously they had a little drop down again, but where they are now and just...
0: he, he you just, know he just, been, Go on through, Ryan.
1: Just, just a, a unique player that just didn't really score tap-ins or anything simple. It was just... They were all. They were just tremendous finishes. I yeah. th- some of the goals he just thumped home. That goal away at Tranmere, it just. Uh, some of the finishes like that were just uh, just extraordinary. And the amount of. I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm getting all passionate. I've got goosebumps thinking no, about but- it. But the the amazing goals that he scored to make your weekend to. You know, you score a winning goal, you travel somewhere, you were crap, but Steve Bullard scored and you you'd win two one or one 0 And just that, that that was happening every other weekend yeah. for like for, for like ten years for me watching them or, or how long he played when I was watching. So yeah, a- absolute club legend and, and A real unique... Sometimes he would look unorthodox. Yes. And and, and he'd he'd score far more harder ones than he would score easy. But when they went in, my God, they looked good. There 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 wasn't many goals you thought, oh, they weren't too good. But they they flew home, didn't
0: they? And you know what? You know, some of the statistics, you know, 102 goals in two seasons. Playing for England in the third division. A statistic Steve loves and I love and he told me and I didn't even know and I've said this before on the podcast. You know, 306 goals for Wolves, over 100 with his left foot and he's a right-footed player. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, That's... over a hundred with his left foot. And listen, he, he he could hit a ball, and he he just literally he run through a brick wall to score goals. And players like that are just so so unique. We got to keep him for his whole career, and you know it's been surreal for me because I've chanted his name. You know, on the terraces, then I've got to do Q and A's with him. Then I've stopped in a hotel room with him. And you wake up in the morning, you think flipping ex-bully. <laughs> it's weird now. And then uh, he, he <laughs> accused me of a different subject. Now, 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 now. That particular night, he accused me of nicking his toothbrush. You wear, you've had me toothbrush, are you? Where's me toothbrush? And you think flipping it? <laughs> they're, they're all skin and bones at the end of the day. But but, do, but
1: do you know, what's really nice that, that the fact that. He's a he's a real bloke, and he's, of course he's he is. He, you know he, he does loads, loads of club stuff. He's like yes. he does podcast stuff. He goes out and has a beer. He plays golf, and he's in and around the club all the time. And that's great. To, and it's still great to see him having him around because, like I said, it's the, the word legend is overused, but certainly not in this case. Oh,
0: and and that goal against Birmingham, as he put it over the top, he runs onto it. He's literally, you know, it's a forty-five degree angle, when he's hitting it, and he's he's he goes skidding into the back of the net. He he runs up. To all the blues fans, and oh, beautiful! Absolutely and that's beautiful. It. And it. Exactly, and it's getting the, the hairs on the back of my neck now. And it's it's moments like that. But once again, I've got to do blues podcast soon, and I haven't. I'm not. It's going to be the first podcast I do when I don't write anything down because I've got that much to talk about with him. I'm just going to do it from memory because otherwise, we're not going to get it all in. So if I miss stuff, yeah, out, don't set a time, man. Let that one run. That'll be great. Philippine, that could be a three hour special. But <laughs> so your team, Matt Marine goal, your defenders and Lescott, Dean Richards, Keith Curl, Denny Serwin on the right-hand side, Steve Fargate on the left, Paul Ince, Jeff Thomas in the middle of the park, Robbie Keane as number ten up front, Stephen Fletcher and our legend Stephen George Ball. You pleased with that team, Ryan?
1: I'm delighted with that team. I don't see I don't see that team conceding. I think there's an absolute monster counter-attack team there, <laughs> tuck in and explode. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm happy to take on anyone else's eleven with that. I, I,
0: really, I just hope everyone stays the off the chart. Oh, that's a great team. And if we could, you know, spend a couple of minutes now just talking about, obviously, Wolves of Now. Uh, you know, like I said, I follow you on Twitter. You, you make some fantastic points. Um, you know, your podcast as well. Some 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 great content on there. Um, we've just signed Nathan Collins. What do you think lies in store for us this season, Ryan? It's a
1: it's a real tough one. Now, it's a, it's a tough one because... If we judge us on the last half of the season, you think Wolves could be in trouble. Yeah. But equally, I'm seeing some of the training videos and reading the reports, because I've, I've not seen them yet. I'm going to see them on Wednesday like you for pre-season. Yes. That it's now four at the back. It's more attacking. The, the, the wing-backs are still getting up, but they're full-backs. So it sounds like they're having a real go. Now, yeah. for, for me, the more attacking Wolves played last season under Bruno, it was obviously always with wing-backs, the more attacking they played, though, the better it was. Um, but for me, getting... Daniel Pudence, potentially in the number 10. Yeah. Um, if we can get a tune out of Gibbs White, I'm still I'm still not sure on Gibbs White whether he's going to have a future at Wolves in terms of if you'll sign the contract because I think the money comes, he'll go. The guy's Oof. talented and if he signs a deal, I hope he comes in, competes with Pudence for the number 10 slot or if he can do something on the right. I, I, I'm still unsure. If, if Wolves finished 16th next year or if they finished 7th, I wouldn't be surprised either. I, I couldn't... Yeah. I couldn't I just don't know, but you you mentioned Nathan Collins. Um, I think this is a really astute signing. Yes, um, I did. I think he's he's basically, uh, hopefully, a bit of a right-footed Max Kilman. Now, if
0: that's the case, yeah. we're going to have some pairings at centre back.
1: We are. Uh, op- options next year. So, um, we need to do a lot more though because. You, you've let Marcel go, who played a lot of games. You've yeah. let Zayce go, who played a lot of games. Um, Fabio's about to sign the deal. Um, I don't know if we're waiting to confirm a new player coming in because it seems silly to let Fabio go yeah, um, and then only have one technical number nine. I suppose you could play Huang there, but I don't really. I, I don't see Huang as a number nine, if I'm honest. And again, we're only relying on Jimenez. Um who hasn't quite been himself since since his no, terrible injury? He, even though he did play very well at Liverpool, I got to say he, he, he um he, he looked he, like his old self. Then
0: he did. I think yeah. Goals goals were a problem last season because last season we finished where did we finish? Eleventh, tenth, eleventh. Yeah. So mm, the, the, the issue is, well, the reality is, I should say, if Wolves had a goal scorer last season, we could have easily broke the top six, and results were showing that because West Ham kept dropping points, we were still hovering around and not picking up any points and that was really there for the taking. With the silver deal, they're clearly wanting to sign an extra year in my opinion on the basis that if he goes to Anderlecht and scores four goals in 30-odd games, then his value is going to diminish. If that's the case, then if he comes back to Wolves, they need three years on his contract to then still try and get a player out of him in my opinion because if there's two years to go, he ain't going for anywhere near 35 million quid. I don't care. And these people on Twitter comparing him to Harry Kane and all that, I ain't buying it. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah, um, I, I, I still, I mean, stats don't lie when you're a forward. And the most important thing when you're a forward is to score goals. Yes. I didn't do any of that last year. None. But what I would say, I'll just, because by the way, we finished 10th last season, not 11th. Just to yeah. correct that before anyone starts. Th-
0: th- 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 yeah, before, I'll figure it That's it now. they are just focused <laughs> on we that one. Ten, we, fin- <laughs>
1: we finished 10th last year, yeah. Um, I, just enjoy I can't believe um, you
0: said that, Ryan, 11th. Joking, that was me, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just went along, I didn't want to I didn't That's say anything. don't worry. But we got, we, I think the whole
1: team suffered um, in terms of goals because if you don't play attacking football, you don't see opportunities up. So we're always saying, oh, we, don't, we Neto's not scoring, Podence isn't scoring, so-and-so's not scoring. Well, we're not scoring because we're not creating opportunities. Of we're course. We're not creating opportunities because we're not playing attacking football. So it looks to me this preseason so far we played two two different teams home to Burnley uh, uh, sorry Compton to Burnley um, it was two back fours it looks like they've been playing back four in training yeah. um, and I'm really looking forward to Wednesday night to have a look at it but I think that's what really needs to happen to move us forward which for me creates some really interesting dilemmas I only see Gibbs White in a four two three one as a ten but he's been playing right yeah. and I only see Connor Cody as a sweeper so. Um, I would love to be wrong on both counts. I was going to um,
0: say, if the play four at the back had all these players fit in on Gibbs White, what I will say is, I wasn't his biggest fan when he was in the team initially. Then this, the the, the whole purpose of the loan system is exactly what's been proved at not uh, at, absolutely. At, at Sheffield United. Sorry. Now, with Morgan Gibbs White, I think he got eleven goals, six assists, whatever, or maybe I think even more assists than that. He, he proved himself. He's now obviously come back to the club. There could be a big move on the table, I believe. Everton are interested. That's clearly got uh, a Thelwell persuasion behind it. But for me, I think he should be given an opportunity on the basis that he's had an unbelievable loan spell. He must be absolutely brimming with confidence. If he could start the the pre-season... Uh, get a couple of goals, and then go into to next season, you know, a couple of goals, couple of assists. We could have a real, real player on our hands there. And it'd be it'd be a shame to let him go without seeing his full potential in a shirt. And just on the Nathan Collins signing, this, there's been some big names out there saying what a good player he is. He's that good that he could even play, in, as we've spoke about uh, with Dean Richards, he could play midfield. You know, he's a ball-playing centre-half. Pair him up with Kilman. I mean, Gomez, what a great finish to the season he had. I'm, I'm yeah, a great I,
1: find. Oh, yeah, I'm, did really well. Did really well. I mean, I, I think he was unlucky to be, to fall because when Sace came back from the Afghan, Sace wasn't performing at the levels he did before. No, no. I actually thought Sace was probably having his best season in the Wolfshire. Yeah. Up, up, up until he got back from the African Cup of Nations where he yeah. didn't look himself. And then Gomez, for me, was dropped harshly because I thought Gomez was playing well. He probably hasn't got the left foot that that Sace had to hit the balls no. down the line, but... In terms of defensively, I thought he was very
0: solid. He was very solid, made some great tackles. Um, I'm not concerned about the defence next season. And I actually, you, you look at the, you know, the players we've got at our disposal, Neto, Pedence, Raul Jimenez, if these players can get back to their best, you know, that, that that's a decent front line, but we injuries could easily deplete it. So that's why we've got to get another two or three signings just to make sure we've got enough strength in depth going into the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. We, we, we definitely need a few new faces. We need If Fabio's going, I think we need another forward who's different to what Raul offers. Whether yep. that's a short, fast player that we can play balls in behind, um, or whether it's a, a player that's totally dominant in the air like a, a proper old-school centre-forward, I don't know. But it, it can't be another Raul type. We need someone a little bit different, um, just to mix it up a little bit. But for, for me, it's all about the style and approach. Um, Bruno flirted with us last season. Those those opening three games. Yeah, I don't rec- I don't recall losing three games and not scoring and being so happy. Do you know I was,
0: what I felt I exactly was, the same?
1: I was entertained with the nature of my life. I was like, this is great, and if we keep this up, someone's going to get pasted. I mean, it was more our XG stats. I'm just reading the book on XG actually. Our XG stats were absolutely off the chart. Yeah, and we should have won those games, and it was just desperate bad luck that we didn't. So. <sighs> For me, if we get a little bit more of that next season, but playing four at the back at the starting off. We, there's no easy games in the Premier League, but the fixtures are kind, those opening games. So if we can yeah, try and pre- present that style of footballer, football Again, and be brave, I think Wolves can reap
0: the rewards. Notch a couple of wins and it'll be a great start. So, Ryan, <clears throat> finally, thank you for coming on the Wolf Whistle. Um, I've been wanting to get you on for a long time. Uh, really appreciate you coming on this evening. I'll see you in Benny Dorm, and you can get me a beer. And, that's um, awesome, I
1: thought we'd be saying tonight. I'll see you in Benidorm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, out, that's if my kids let me go. And uh, yeah, once again, Ryan, thanks for your time. Great team you've picked today and you're welcome on the Wolf Whistle anytime.
1: I uh, really appreciate you having me on. Uh, I've really enjoyed and um, t- talking to you and my favourite thing to do is talk about wolves. So yeah, really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to uh, talk about wolves on your show.
0: Brilliant. Thanks, Ryan.
1: Take care, Jason. Thank you.